Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing film and television franchises and the various expanded and related media. And for this Star Trek Discovery Season 2 special, uh, we have a couple of guests. We have a returning guest who always joins us for these podcasts. We have producer and Star Trek fan Pete Mealy. Welcome back, Pete. Thank you guys again for having me. No worries. It's always good to uh, to make this podcast international, <laughs> as it were. So uh, um, always good to have you back. And uh, all, we've also got a new guest to this podcast. Um, we have reviewer for Horror DNA and Star Trek fan, Ryan Holloway. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's, this is an absolute pleasure to be here. So uh, thanks for having me on. No, pleasure to uh, to get some some new perspective and uh, a new voice joining us. I, I was thinking actually beforehand. Um, we, we always joke myself, um, Pete and Simon, that we're like the sort of Kirk Bones and Spock uh, in these conversations. <laughs> but but I guess for the for the benefit of this one, we've invited Scotty into the conversation, even though you don't have the Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah, and don't even ask me to do one because it will be terrible. Oh, well, then no difference then. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so, 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 so we've got even more perspective here. Um, before we get into, because obviously last season when we did uh, Discovery Season 1, we actually had quite a few episodes because we reviewed the... Uh, that the, the first um, couple of episodes, and then we came back again during the mid-season break, which obviously they didn't have this year, um, and again to talk about the Mirror Universe, and then finally to talk about the, the finale of that season. Um, for this, so far, we've only actually discussed the first two episodes, and uh, it's really one of those situations where I almost wish um, we were able to do a podcast every week, because I must admit, every week after seeing an episode, uh, there's always loads I want to talk about. But um, but just to uh, for our new guest, Ryan, just to sort of give a bit of background, um, we've we've often talked about how we initially came to Star Trek. I know like with Simon and myself, we're sort of second generation Star Trek fans in so much as we grew up with the with the Star Trek movies and um, saw reruns of the original series and then obviously, you know, followed everything through. And with Pete, uh, I think Pete kind of, his entry point was the next generation. And um, he obviously went back and watched everything else um, up until that as well. But what about your relationship to Star Trek and your journey? Wow. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, across, across the two that you describe, really. I mean, I, I definitely grew up watching the uh, original series um, as reruns when I was a kid um, and being quite obsessed with it very early. Um, had a lot of toys, which I'm constantly on eBay trying to find again. And uh, um, and then, yeah, through the films. And then I think when, for me, where, where I got really passionate about it was actually, it was Next Generation. Because um, I was always a fan of Star Trek and I loved it. And then 
it just hit me at the right time. And Next Generation was was where I really got excited again about Star Trek. And then that was that was it after that. And it was it was all about it was all about Picard. And um, and have just followed it ever since all the, all the various uh, iterations. Fair enough. Um, okay, well that's cool. I mean, it, you know, we're all sort of coming at it, I guess, from uh, from similar points. Then in terms of being Star Trek fans, um, but so well, I mean, let's let's get into it. Then we've got a whole season here to cover. Uh, I know probably a lot of it will focus on the finale and the outcomes and stuff. But, um, you know, I always want to give the, uh, I, I've obviously got plenty to say as usual, but I like mm. to give the guests sort of the, 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 the first go as it were. So, um, I don't mind who goes first, but how are you chaps feeling about, uh, of Star Trek discovery season two as a whole? I will, I will start by refreshing everyone with my opinion of season one which was that I could see its flaws, uh, but was still very much on board. And the story grabbed me, and I was energized and excited uh, and and really enjoyed the ride. Uh, for season two, I think I lost interest about halfway through. And everything became fairly predictable. You know, the, I could see the flaws. I could see the storyline that they were going for. And I just... I. I was not connected to it. It it didn't it didn't work for me, and uh, and and it culminated in a final two episodes that I was, you know, I left feeling actually somewhat annoyed at the treatment of the story and the characters. Um, you know the the little things about uh, I guess the little things about the episode that got me angry as they went on were like how. Every episode, there was going to be a thing in the middle that required some sort of space chase or, you know, like a uh, techno fight with the, how are we going to do the thing? And, and, and then somebody does something amazing uh, and unexpected and it saves the day and then you're good. After like the third or fourth time that they did a crazy stunt uh you know with with getting in small ships and driving somewhere not driving is totally the wrong word but whatever uh, i'm flying somewhere i i just sort of went yeah, yeah yeah i got it i'm i'm done i think we said in the first you know when we were reviewing the first two episodes oh a lot of these scenes are reminiscent of uh star trek uh what was it 2007 the first jj one right yeah. um yeah 2009 yeah, yeah. 2009 uh and uh and and i thought oh that's kind of interesting that they're really taking that scene directly from that movie and shoving it in here but okay and then i felt like they took that same scene then and put it in three other episodes and uh and by that point i was like why why are we watching this what are we doing <laughs> That's my overall feeling. We can go into the specific bits, but yeah. Sure. I checked out. Okay. Ryan? Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm slightly on the other side. Um, I, the same with season one. I, I very much enjoyed it. It was, it was really exciting to have uh, Star Trek back on my TV. 
and uh, yeah, I was I was along with the ride and, and really really enjoyed it. So I was very excited uh, about season two. Um, season two for me was an improvement actually. I <laughs> this is a, we'll get into the uh, the whys and the hows later on, but um, I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that they um, injected a little bit more more humour in there. I thought it, it felt a little bit better with pacing and characters. Um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. I mean, I will say, I mean, there are caveats. I mean, I, I will say that there's a lot going on in season two. There's a lot of story arcs and a lot of threads. And I think sometimes that kind of confused things ever so slightly. But um, overall, I was I was a huge fan and, and, I, and I loved, you know, I think Pike was was something that it was it really grounded it for me and uh, yeah huge fan but yes we'll go we'll go into more detail i'm sure but um yeah i was uh, i was hugely impressed with this season cool and simon what about you overall well i sort of crammed it in this week because um i must admit i'm like pete about halfway through i mean i was watching it week by week but then halfway through i sort of kind of went mm, I, i'll miss this I won't watch it this week. And then it just, it grew and grew to, you know, how many episodes I missed to the point where I literally had to cram in the last like eight episodes. <laughs> so I watched, I, I watched them all back to back like the last couple of days. Wow. My, my, I have a lot of problems with it. And I, I, I just think it's, it's when you're watching it and you're kind of caught up in it, you, you know, you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? But then when you, when you see it and you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, that don't make no sense. So if they set this up, why can't they do this and that? And yeah, yeah, it was there was a lot of stuff in there that they kind of set up, and they either abandoned, or they, or just didn't follow through, or. And also, this should be called Retcon Series 2, because it was like, <laughs> you, you, you know all those complaints the Star Trek fans have? Don't worry, we're going to sort it out. We're going to sort it out in the mm. most dumbest way ever that makes no yeah. sense at all. But we're going to sort it out. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, 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 definitely, yeah. we'll definitely get into that. But um... and, and I just want to say one other thing as well. <laughs> I think Spock looked better with a beard. <laughs> I, when he had the beard even though i took the piss out of him at the uh when we did the other podcast saying he looked like paul mccartney out of the let be album when he shaved that beard off it's just like whoa that don't look like spock what happened to spock yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean yeah pet kid definitely looked more like spock or looked more like uh, Leonard Nimoy with a beard than without. Yeah, there yeah. was a moment. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> "What character is this now?" Yeah, yeah. Well, even yeah. the crew looked at him a bit strangely, didn't they? And they <laughs> yeah. probably had the same thought. It didn't recognise you without the beard. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. I mean, um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of, sort of in between. Pro- probably leaning more towards um, how Ryan felt about it, in in so much as. I well put it this way I mean t- today we're recording this a week after the uh season finale um aired and I have to say I missed this morning um <laughs> you know not getting up at the crack of dawn you know before work so I could um 
watch the episode because even though I've got huge problems with some of it, um, at the same time, you know, I was excited every week for the next episode. I couldn't wait. I had to watch it, you know, as soon as it came on. And um, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I almost felt like immediately after every episode, I wanted to do a podcast on it um, simply because there were things I loved in each episode that I wanted to talk about and geek out about. But there was also equally things that frustrated the hell out of me that I thought they'd got completely wrong that I wanted to discuss. So it it, much like last season, really, um, I appreciate they did a tried to do a bit of course correction this season I don't think they necessarily handled the course correction particularly well um, if I'm honest Uh, but at the same time I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, you know I just love that there was Star Trek to watch every week and um, you know it did sort of take me back to my childhood how I used to get excited about the uh you know that the, the the next episode that would come on the following week. So so it, it it's sort of I feel torn because on one hand hand it sort of worked for me, yet on others, uh, everything that you've already alluded to, uh, I think is completely valid and I'm on board with. And and yeah, I I sort of think for everything they got right, they also got something wrong. So uh, I'm somewhat divided. But but intrigued if that makes sense. <laughs> all right. Well, where should we start? Um, <laughs> well, I think first of all we should just say the spoiler warning. We will be going into spoilers, so if you've not finished watching it, probably best to turn it off now because we're gonna, we're, you know, we're, to, to discuss our thoughts on this properly, we we need to go into spoilers, and that means yes. going talking about the ending. So. If you haven't seen it yet, go and see, you know, go and watch it and come back. Yeah, thanks thanks for saying that, Simon. I must start learning to make notes on these things because that's obviously a very valid warning to yeah. put in there that, yes, we're <laughs> going to be spoiling the hell out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, where should we start? That's the question. Do, do you want to start the way that the series started with the red signals? Okay, let's start with the red signals. All right. So um, my prediction of Michael Burnham being the Red Angel was correct. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, I forgot. <laughs> Come That's on. Right. Who, who else was it going to be? I know they threw us a little <laughs> bit of a curveball with having her, her mum being the original Red Angel and her being Mark II. Yeah. The, the, so the thing is, so the the Red Angel appeared. The, the mother appeared to Spock twice when he was yeah. once he was a child, and then once when he went looking for her. I, I really no no, I, no 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 no. What was what was the second time? Was the time was, he does the ma- mind meld? Was to get him out of the? Wasn't it to get out of the mental institution? The second? No. Um, no, no. the The mental institution was that um, Doctor No Name turns up and says, "Oh, the, the, you know those signals you told us about? They've appeared in the sky." And he went, "Oh, right." Yeah. So he went to a planet and he did a mind meld with the the Red Angel, and that's kind of 
then he checked himself in. But whatever whatever the mind meld did, it was that whole thing about um, the, the numbers he kept repeating when he was on Vulcan. Yeah. And he's got, he's dyslexic. Um, sorry, I'm dyslexic and I can't even say dys- dyslexic. So he's got... Lextixia st- rules, KO. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, as being a dyslexic, uh, I don't get things backwards. I miss, um, I have problems sometimes saying words. Sometimes they come out wrong, you know. Sometimes I'll see a number and I'll see it as something else that's not there. It's, 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 it's a fun thing to have. So as a dyslexic, I really thought they got that wrong with Spock's dyslexia. I mean, I love the fact that his mother yeah. read Alice in Wonderland with him because as a child, I had a, I had a tutor. Uh, when I was at primary school, who actually took me aside for like side classes so I could learn to read. So that that was spot on, but the whole you know the the numbers being backwards was a bit. But um, going back to the Red Angel though, so the original Red Angel was able to move churches from the past to the future, but yet uh, huh? Michael Burnham. <laughs> couldn't do that she had to literally guide a starship through and and this is the problem with this series is this sort of inconsistency so you set one thing up saying well look the red angel came along she took this whole church full of people and moved it to the distant future not only to the future but to another planet to another galaxy that was you know they had to use the spore drive to travel to thankfully michael burnham's mother had uh like a, a a user guide that she recorded just in case, I don't know, somebody was, was going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, the, yeah. I know that you got like the uh, captain's logs and all that kind of stuff. So it's probably what she was doing. But it, again, it was kind of like, uh, that was kind of funny. It's like she, she told her about everything else, but how to move churches. Because that might yeah. have been handy somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a situation where you need to move a church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean you're you're absolutely right, and I think I think uh, just just that comment uh, alone sort of does sum up what one of the fundamental problems is here is the clarity and logic, <laughs> no pun intended, mm. um, over some of this uh, science fiction um, is very confusing and inconsistent and hard to follow. And um, one of the um, uh, Robert Burnett Meyer, who uh, who directed the film Free Enterprise, which mm-hmm. if nobody's seen, by the way, is a great little movie. Um, but uh, he's been a um, Star Trek fan all his life and he's produced a lot of the bonus materials that they put on the Blu-ray release of, of Next Generation. Um, he's He's been vocal about this and I... I do absolutely sort of agree with everything he's saying in so much as he said with the old Star Trek, whether it was, you know, under Rick Berman or, you know, the the movies prior or whatever, they they used to have um, on staff, you know, scientific advisors to actually try and, okay, I know we're talking about, you know, aliens and warp speed and, transporters and all that sort of stuff you know but a lot of the 
the cosmos side of things they tried to keep somewhat um scientifically accurate whereas you know these these this show is essentially much more of a you know a, an an action adventure show much much like the the jj films you, you know were and started you know they're for they're, they're for the sort of uh um generation uh of now and and that is one of the sort of one of the, the the sad things about this is even though the spectacle is incredibly well done and really enjoyable and and exciting um it does lack the sort of more um philosophical thought provoking profound side of 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 what people in inverted commas call sort of old trek and uh yeah you know even though i thoroughly enjoy this show and i enjoy the jj movies and you know all of that stuff as i've said all along um i do kind of agree with the criticism um about the fact that uh that that the, the logic in this show and the and the plot holes and the if if you like the more thought provoking aspects of star trek are, are, are somewhat lacking against the you know special effects and spectacle of the whole thing well i mean it's interesting cuz um i'm i'm thinking about it now is that they they borrowed a lot of stuff from the next generation i mean the finale was literally the same one as when the enterprise c turned out out of nowhere and changed the timeline and there was literally a battle uh, that the Enterprise D sacrificed themselves to protect the Enterprise C from going back through the uh, the, the, the time tunnel, and um, um, things like um, you know when they did the episode about the spore drive, the kind of Alice in Wonderland episode when they actually went to where the spores are, and they found um, found the the Doctor who had died in series one. Um, that was very much like the episode when they found out that warp drives were damaging the galaxy and what, you know, what to do. But at least with like both those episodes, there was an outcome. The whole thing with the spore drive or where the spores exist was like it was dropped. It, it never it never came into the, the storyline again. No, and eventually redacted altogether. But we'll, we'll get yeah. there. But yeah, no, I, I I agree. I was waiting for the spores to make an appearance in the yeah. end, right? Because they said like we everything that we did uh, up to this point, right, has come together to help us defeat this enemy, and then um, nothing from the spores, right? Even yeah. though they made they made this connection, you were invested in a character from it, you know, over a multiple episode arc. And and they're just missing. Yeah. Instead, you get a you know somewhat incongruous the uh, spaceships flown by people who didn't know space flight existed. Three uh, um, <laughs> episodes yes. before, you know, <laughs> yes. where when when Saru said like I recognize those ship configurations, it was like how, yeah, yes. how, yeah. Well, actually, that's a that's a good point. That's that's um something I was going to ask you when 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 we did the. Uh, episode the podcast on the first two episodes uh because of me being a completist and whatever i had watched the short treks and i know at the time 
you guys hadn't mm -hmm. seen them. But what was interesting and what I wasn't expecting in this season is those short treks ended up playing sort of some major plot lines um, in the latter half of this season. And I wondered, you know, was any of that stuff confusing? Because you had the stuff with, with Saru's family in one episode, but also key to the finale few episodes, you had the... Um, the, the 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 princess Poe, you know, um, oh, right. that Tilly knew and whatever. Now now did that did that work out of context of of or, or not? I don't think I needed to see those shorts to you know understand what was going on in those episodes. But oh, so it worked then? Yeah, okay. but I mean, it was a bit grown worthy. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say grown worthy. Well, oh, right. Ryan, did you watch the shorts? See, I haven't. I haven't watched them, so I, yeah. I, I did find the yeah the Queen moment a touch confusing, um, but you know it you know as as with all these things you sort of get it you pick it up pretty quickly, but um, I think those shorts probably helped, but I think part that's part of the problem, isn't it? It's like it's like when they did the, all those you know uh, the viral campaign for things like Prometheus and and Alien Covenant, and it's kind of you shouldn't have to watch extra things yeah. to it joy the main the main piece anything with the alien covenant ones they should have actually been in the film yeah exactly so it's, it's kind of a shame isn't it to, mm. to sort of go oh it does make sense if you watch this extra thing and it's that's something that is is sort of creeping in a bit too much and it's um but i'll have to go back and watch them i'll have to go back and watch the shorts for sure yeah they, they are on netflix they if you if you if you go to the bit where the trailers are they're basically in that section so um, they are available. But but no, I, I just wondered if it made sense at all, because, you, you know, the in definitely the introduction of that um, Queen Poe character, who, who obviously plays a key role in the finale there, um, <laughs> that was done in one of those short treks, as was, as I said, a lot of the backstory with Saru's um, sister and whatever. So... Um, yeah, I was just I was just curious as to whether it worked without that knowledge or not. I think I just I mean I could be remembering wrong, but I, there's so much going on in this, this series. I think they went to the planet and she just Tilly just ends up saying, "Oh, I know someone from there," and I just remember thinking that's convenient. Well, yeah, because <laughs> because Michael Burnham went went there and did a red signal, and then so that he knew to fly there to meet her. I mean, it's. I mean, that was what the, the Red Angel was. It was to sort of guide them through this whole series. It's like, well, you need to go to this planet to meet to get this person, and you need to go to this planet to get this rock. You need to go to this planet to get the time crystal. You know, it was... It's like Bill and Ted's, wasn't it? it was yes, like, it was. <laughs> we need to go back and do that. Yeah. But, but it already happened. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Me yeah. too can play the future game. I <laughs> went back and get myself a key. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that really so uh, this is the thing i i don't know how the red signal works is i that... don't think anyone does i don't think the writers did <laughs> to be fair yeah i remember thinking in the last episode like weren't there seven signals and like how many did we do and i got to the point where they were like where where i think at one point uh burnham says like oh this would be the seventh signal and i was like would it and then i realized i did not care yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, of course, uh, un- under penalty penalty of court martial as well. <laughs> indeed, indeed. No, uh, I mean, I mean, th- I mean, there were there were a few things like like for example, um, I had a little bit of an issue with the whole uh, time crystals thing being kept on the Klingon um, one of those Klingon worlds, um, mm-hmm. just because that the, the whole the whole term time crystals sounds to me much more like something that should be out of the MCU or um, Lord of the Rings or, or something, you know, something more sort of fantasy based. Um, uh, I'm no, obviously Star Trek's always dealt with time travel, yeah. um, but they, they've always put it down to either some sort of space phenomenon, like a wormhole or whatever, or technology. But yeah. Time or slingshotting around the sun. sun yeah. Ex- exactly, that sort of thing. But a time crystal, that, that did sort of bother me somewhat because I was like... I mean, I, I totally got the whole idea of um, Klingons experimenting with time, you, you know, in order to make them better warriors and win wars and all that because obviously that sort of ties in with what they did in enterprise and they were experimenting with eugenics and genetics and all that to make them stronger warriors and give them an advantage in battle and all this so so a hundred years on the the evolution made sense i just had a problem with the fact that there was this you know monastery somewhere where they had these time crystals and i'm thinking well you know obviously we've never heard of that before and now we know why because obviously it's classified and redacted and all this sort of stuff but i i just i just had a problem with the fact that they they called them time crystals i know that's a bit of a nitpick but it just didn't feel very star trek to me well i tell you what else didn't feel very star trek was the fact that the how friendly the klingons were to the federation I mean, they literally just had a war. In this point in Star Trek law, they should be negotiating the neutral zone. Yeah. But you don't have that. And, you know, you, they, they seem to travel into Klingon space quite easily. You know, no problems at all. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, I think, I don't know if we, did we touch upon the fact that they've now grown their hair to make them look more Klingon-like? Yeah, well, I mean, the the trouble with that was, uh, and again, they did this quite a lot. They had a lot of really, really forced throwaway lines to try and retrospectively, um, you know, uh, fix things, wrecked on things that they they that annoyed the fans so obviously we had the line about oh the klingons now grow their hair and beards now the war is over kind of thing even though you never saw one hairy klingon back on that pilot episode like we talked about yeah and um and also you know the whole holograms thing oh, yeah you know with, with, with pike <laughs> saying that he doesn't like them and have them removed from the enterprise and you, you know and all this sort of thing and and and, and it's it's as if you, you know again the problem the problems of doing a prequel that hologram one is even worse yeah. because their 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 explanation for no longer having holograms is because control was able to manipulate the holograms yeah. too easily even though with our current level of technology a computer could just as easily manipulate a flat image <laughs> yeah 
Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> or, or, or take or take control of a ship or anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, this is the whole problem again. We've talked about this before, but the problem with the prequels is they seem to they seem to downgrade their tech. You know, it's just like the fact that mm. again, even though it's classified and redacted, but you know, the spore drive technology exists or existed yet you, you, you know they they go backwards as it were and it's there's just a whole load of problems like that that they tried to fix with lines of yeah. dialogue that didn't really hold water you know <laughs> well i'm going to borrow this line from another podcast i was listening to about uh, star trek discovery but it is like literally going from our smartphones to a flip phone <laughs> yes nice one I mean, they literally, you know, they have this technology, the spore drive, that you can go literally anywhere in the universe. And uh, yes, the only working uh, version of it was on Discovery. But it doesn't mean they didn't still have the plans, the schematics, all the logs of um, the the scientists who worked on it, you know, um, our engineer and Discovery who, you know, figured out how to do it. Uh, Stamets, you know, they, they there's all these logs and everything, so they could recreate it. I mean, just to sort of say, well, we're not going to do that now for, for yeah. no apparent reason. I mean, that, that's what not even uh, to get Voyager back, yeah. <laughs> but we we do know though that they like their flip phones in Star Trek, don't they? So, uh, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna say though, um, I think that was where they were going with the um, where the spores exist that that whole thing about well you're hurting us every you know well it kind of was i think oh, i don't know is this is the thing their intent and how they actually did it is absolutely wrong because their intent was to say well look them using the spore drive was damaging um you know where the spores existed but in the story that's not what they said they said you know because uh, the doctor was there or a version of the doctor he was infecting their their universe because he was there and so once they once they removed him from there you know everything was fine which was like oh, okay and of course my my i always say this about oh, so much stuff now is that there's, there is no death if you if somebody dies in one of these shows they'll come back oh for sure and they just and they keep doing it it's yeah. just like it, death is meaningless. It's yeah. supposed to be dramatic, but it's 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 not now. It's because you know, back of your mind, it's like oh, they'll they'll turn up again. Yeah, and Brian, I feel like uh, you know we're, we're we're being quite hard on it at the moment. Started out being champions of it, and I I feel like by the end of it, we're going to go. God, no, that was rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's the positive then? Oh. John Keith. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I mean that the, there were positives. I mean, mm -hmm. if I had to sum this whole show up, right, I think the problem with it, uh, or, or the the good things about it, is that it, the, the production values are amazing. I mean, this show, everything from the sets to the costumes and props to the visual effects, everything looks absolutely stellar. Um, it looks as good as it does in the movies. Um, and, you know, they've clearly they've clearly put a lot of money into this and they clearly have all of the toys and whatever to the point that I'm actually getting uh, 
y- y- you know, by the end of the season, I was getting a little bit annoyed with, um, it felt like the JJ effect, you know, with lens flares and uh, techno heads on cameras and cranes so that they can uh, constantly have the camera revolving and moving and all that. But then again, well, I yeah, thought, that was yeah. more of a negative, mate. I mean, I, the, the scene where they were in the briefing room where the camera kept moving left and right was making me seasick. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, I did sort of think to myself, you know, the production obviously, you know, affords all these things and they've mm-hmm. got them. And I think, you know, as as a sort of, um, you know, budding, budding filmmaker myself, I thought, yeah, I bet, you know, if I had access to all those toys, I'd probably want to use them. So I wasn't sort of knocking them for that. And I think the I think the acting on the most part in this show is also really good really really stellar um i like the performances and whatever what i think lets this show down is uh, we were talking positives let's just do well, positives it, 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 okay is that the so, only positives is that it looked good and the actors were acting well no i'll give other positives please references to star trek canon when they worked okay was really good i.e i loved i loved the i loved the episode that was basically a sequel to the cage and a right. prequel to the menagerie yeah okay. i um i thought that episode where they had the telosians back um and and you know they had um melissa george playing the character that suzanne oliver played in the um in the original cage episode uh i thought the casting there was really good and i thought that that whole story going back to that planet um I really liked all of that. I thought in terms of a a reference and a sequel, that was good. And I even liked the previously on Star Trek where they used actual footage from the cage in 1966. I thought I thought they handled that whole episode really well, personally. But um, that so there's a positive. I don't know what yeah. anybody else thought about that particular episode. I also thought, you know, Pike, what, what a huge um, positive, really, Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I, I love, I love watching Michael. I mean, obviously, she's she's the character we're following. I, I thought less so uh, this season, so I don't know if that was deliberate in terms of their intent for a season three. Well, this is the question, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, season three is—is is there going to be a season three? I mean, I know the Pike. Well, I mean, yes, they're talking about doing the the, the Pike series. Which uh, I must admit, uh, I I do agree with you guys that you know the actor who played Captain Pike, spot on, really good. Um, yeah. You know he he really felt, you know that was that was felt more like Star Trek, and um, you know I also think that, you know <laughs> uh, when we got to see the Enterprise, I mean that was really yeah, we'll, nice. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there but sure. I mean, yeah. but I mean that's that's a positive. Uh, I yes. think also um, number one was very good, and I have to say was kind of underutilized. You know, we only got to see her a few times. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Rebecca Romaine is amazing, and it's yeah. a shame shame yeah. we didn't get more of her. But and Anson Mount as Pike. I mean, not only being a sort of dead ringer for Jeffrey Hunter, um, you, you, you know, he he also. Obviously, this is the most Pike we've had. You know, Jeffrey Hunter only appeared for the for the one episode, um, 
and uh, obviously we had two movies with um, uh, uh, Bruce Greenwood uh, playing the role in the other timeline and whatever, which was great. But yep. but Anson Mount has had the the most screen time as Pike, and I think has really brought that character to life. And um, it was definitely the the um, y- you know the the, the standout um, performance I think in this in this season. Yeah. For, for me anyway yeah. yeah well also it kind of it kind of for me sort of makes me think it's always kirk or picard kirk or picard and now i'm a bit like is it kirk picard or pike you know he was he was that good that i just yeah i want yeah. to see more of him. oh yeah i agree they i think they should just leave discovery in the future because what what they've done is made the whole last two series redundant i mean what's the point of what's the point of these last two series now if you know they can never be mentioned about again yeah yeah i i know we yeah. i know i'm i'm jumping the gun a little bit but um it, it's just it is kind of annoying so i i think they should just maybe you know if, if the discovery is you know now gone from history let them go off and have their own adventures i'd rather see um pike and uh, unshaven Spock. <laughs> Let him grow a beard or something. Get, get the beard back. <laughs> it's just so weird when he came on the bridge. <laughs> you know, I, I was, you know, you, you were expecting to see him as Spock, and then when you saw him, you were like, he looks better with the beard. <laughs> he just looks so wrong. He, it was the fact that he took the bold statement of getting rid of the beard, and then thought, I think I'll do the hair as well. Hell, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah yeah there was obviously a barber on the way to the bridge yeah <laughs> oh no he, he just put a bowl on his head basically didn't he <laughs> yeah. i don't want to do both i thought maybe one or the other just yeah. shave the beard but not shave the... he just went for a whole new he just went into the hairdressers went whole new look yeah i want a whole new me yeah and uh that's what they did i mean i, I think there's something to be said for you know if if discovery season three we saw a future that we don't know anything about might be quite interesting yeah. Um, yeah. and not necessarily have to be canon and not necessarily have to link to all these things that we, you know, that we have seen before as excited as I am when, when we do get to see um, old characters, but it might be interesting to have a whole season that doesn't link to anything and is just, it's completely own thing. And, and, and I think there's, I have enough interest in, in the crew that's left to, to see that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I agree. I agree, and we'll, we'll we'll get there for sure. But um, can I say about the crew? Go I, for it. I really still don't know much about the crew, and um, I have to say, I think they did something really despicable. Um, the episode uh, Project Dataless. So we there's been a character on the bridge who uh, Antonia, my girlfriend refers to as robot lady oh yeah <laughs> yeah see we we didn't even know what her name was we just knew her as robot lady and then suddenly with the project dataless episode we suddenly got a backstory about her which was a really touching backstory and then they killed her off and you were like fuck you I really that episode pissed me off. It was the, manipulative, wasn't it? Very manipulative. And now, when you get to 
because at the end of the day, we, you know, okay, we've seen a bit more of the, the bridge crew, but we still don't know about them. Not to the fact that with any of the other Star Treks, we knew those characters. We knew Sulu, we knew Chekhov, uh, we knew, you know, Riker, Data, Worf, you know, uh, Geordie. We knew, you know, um, Kira. We knew, um, oh, I'm trying to think of other DS9 characters, Odo, Quark, you know, all these surrounding characters. I mean, Voyager, you had uh, Paris, you had, um, oh, um, God, the names, there's so many names, but we knew them. We knew these characters. I still don't know the names of most of the bridge crew on Discovery. And, and, and then we find out who this one character is. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's this very touching, you know, backstory. And there's a reason why she's a robot. It's not just to have a robot on the on the bridge. <laughs> but um, so and then they kill her off. And that was like, oh, man, that's 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 disgusting. But then we get the episode where Pike gets shown his future. And the, and the, and, the, you know, it was like it was a lovely bit of fan service to sort of show him in the chair you're thinking oh great but then you think about the episode of, of project dateless you know that character robot lady she was in a shuttle crash and they were able to save her and augment her body into the you know into robot lady you're saying they're not going to do that with pike they're just going to stick him in a chair <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I do think that i do think that yeah that's very true technology to save you sorry no sorry just stick in the chair because you know that doesn't fit with the rest of the canon because we're trying to fit with what what happened in the 60s yeah the one thing i would say is that i mean i to be honest i can't i can't disagree with you on on any of that Mm. the but i mean the one thing i would say is that if if discovery season three does concentrate on this crew that will be our chance to get to know them maybe um as we did with with the next generation cast no. and Voyager cast. No, I think that the 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 problem they have is that um, because they're trying to have a continuous story arc. Because with all the all the Star Trek series before, they're all standalone episodes. So you could have a Riker episode, you could have a Data episode, you know, you could have a you know a, a Tom Paris character, you know. Um, episode you you could concentrate solely on that character or you can have an event that happens around that one character but with discovery for both series it's all michael burnham mm. you know at the end of the day you know she started the klingon war she finished the klingon war she's the red angel you know <laughs> it, it it's all you know and they should i mean so, I mean, I have to say, the one character who I really enjoyed this series is Saru. And I, I must admit, in the first series, he annoyed the hell out of me. And in this one, it's been... Actually, I quite enjoyed his character and what they've done with him. But I still think that, you know, they shouldn't make Michael Burnham the captain. Because that's the role she's been given. At the end of the day, the, the I like the idea of where they were going from that... the events of everything was going to be seen by a crew member but it's a crew member who's involved in everything there isn't a decision on the discovery that she's not part of yeah you know as a crew member you're not most of those decisions you're not part of 
But the very first, I think it was like the first scene in in season one, episode one. I think uh, Giorgio said to her, "We should talk about you having your own command." That was that was back in the first episode. Yeah, so, yeah. The yeah. fact that yeah. It hasn't is is a is a touch uh, is a touch odd. I agree. Well, I mean, the 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 thing is, there is. Um, I mean, I really, I actually really like the Michael Burnham character. Um, I, I think I might have a thing for Michael Burnham actually, but I, I don't know. But I, you know, I like I like the character. I like the way she's played by Seneca and whatever. That's that's great. But the problem is, um, anyone who mansplains anything it either gets shown up by her or or, or killed by an asteroid. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you, you know. Um, She's she she corrects Pike on a number of occasions, you know, just like blatantly in some sort of uh, whether it's on the bridge or in the conference room or anything. It's in front of the rest of the crew and they'll go, oh, why don't we tech the tech tech with the tech here? And she'll just go, no, 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 that won't work. But if you if you tech this tech and add a tacky on to that tech, then it's going to like, oh, yeah, she's right. And, um, you, you, you know, th- th- this is this is the thing. Likeable is the character character is i can see why people get annoyed because you know she is a total know-it-all and and always right and um you you know it's it's kind of uh i don't know it's 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 all it almost feels forced sometimes because it does sometimes feel like it's trying to be you know really well, well, we'll get to the final episode when we get there, and this will come it's up. Vulcan teachings, isn't it, that makes her a bit know it all It is, yeah. She was, she was, she studied at the Vulcan Institute of Science, didn't she? So she knows a lot. So I don't want to generalize Vulcans for any Vulcans listening. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> You're being Vulcanist. Yeah, no, there you go. But, 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 but in terms of the, you know, in terms of Saru, I mean, obviously, yes, um, a major change happened to that character with him, you know, discovering his sort of true backstory and losing his thread ganglia and, um, you know, that sort of stuff. But I do, I do agree that I think it would be really nice if in Star Trek, you know, we've had our African-American captain, we've had our female captain. Wouldn't it be nice if we had an alien captain? You know, wouldn't it be nice if Saru actually got to be the captain of discovery in the future you know 950 years in the future or whatever but you're right it will probably be michael burnham you know (laughs) no they had an opportunity to you know give him the captain's chair and they literally went no we'll we'll sort that out another time yes yes so uh pete what's um any points you want to put across every time about it. here's another thing that annoyed me are we back to being negative is that okay <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> me, me and keith have been terrible actually yeah i mean i'll be honest you guys have not swayed me in my opinion <laughs> that the show is garbage uh, <laughs> this season um but uh the other thing that you know that that checked me out of the end the last two episodes was uh they uh you know, they set up this thing where uh, the uh, magic information AI that now lives in Discovery won't let them destroy the information because it wants to live. Um, but then that kind of says to me, like, you know, the final battle where they're like, oh, God, Discovery is going to get destroyed. 
uh, no, it won't. The thing that lives inside Discovery won't let it get destroyed. So, uh, because that information wants to live, right? So all of these explosions and the, the ship is going to get torn apart in the wormhole. I was like, well, then good. Mission accomplished, right? Like, you guys wanted to get rid of this information, but it wouldn't, uh, you know. So it felt like, again, a plot flaw that that they were trying to use to build tension, but the tension just wasn't there for me. Well, actually, Pete, I, I, there's a question I want to ask you is uh, what did you think of their uh, interpretation of Section 31? Uh, do you mean like how it was represented? or? Yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, just, I mean uh, for, for those who don't know, you know, Section 31 was something that was introduced into uh, Deep Space Nine. And it was literally one person. It was a person who would turn up at the bottom of Bashir's bed no transport yeah. beam, nothing. He would just be there and he would tell him some information or try and get him to do something. Uh, they were always trying to recruit him. But the thing was, uh, it's a shadowy organization that exists in Federation, in the Federation, but it's kind of outside it. It, it operates outside its laws. Um, so, as a, sh- you know, it was literally a case of that sh- Section 31 could be anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, did they, um, in the early days, did they have a big budget, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is true because, like like you said, um, you, you know, uh, it, William Sadler played the um, the agent in, uh, in Deep Space Nine, which obviously takes place some sort of 130 years later than this. And um, you, you, you're right that no, nobody's heard of them in that time and uh you know you know even in even in into darkness section 31 are mentioned by you know because obviously um uh admiral or peter weller's character peter weller i (laughs) can't can't kill everything oh oh, admiral marcus admiral marcus (laughs) yeah worked for section 31 but obviously kirk and spock at that point didn't know know about it whereas in this which obviously takes place uh, around the same sort of time period in in this um yeah i mean everybody not only does everybody know who section 31 is you know that that they're, they're recognizable by their um you know by their next generation style com badges uh mm-hmm. which again it's like oh okay so you've got future tech or whatever but you you, you know everybody know ev- absolutely every time that badge is shown People go, oh yeah, Section Thirty One, and it's like you know they're, they're they're really well known by everyone, and they have a fleet of ships, and they, interestingly, Thirty One ships, which I thought was quite amusing. Um, but uh, y- y- you know, um, yeah, very 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 well. I mean, of, of course, they've kind of redacted it again along with the discovery and the spore drive and michael burnham and everything else but you know the mirror universe and all this sort of stuff by the end of the season but at the same time yeah it does sort of feel somewhat um you know (laughs) unlikely it feels unlikely it also you know it um it felt weird that this whole uh the whole, I don't know, I always felt like the whole purpose of Section 31 was, right, like to operate outside of the bounds of bureaucracy, right, and to actually get stuff done. And then the central tenet here of Section 31 in Discovery 
is that Section 31's whole purpose is to put every piece of information into a computer and then listen to what the computer says. Mm -hmm. And then we're shocked when the computer tries to kill us. And it was like, well, like it's, it's bureaucratic to the extreme. And everyone's like, oh, the Section 31 computer makes all the decisions, right, yes. that then we act on. And it's like, what? why? What? Why? Well, the other thing as well is that AI is something that has already been explored in Star Trek. I mean, data. I mean, literally, you know, he was a machine who wanted to become human. Yeah. Uh, but That's later, though, don't, don't forget. Uh, okay, but, <laughs> but I'm talking Star Trek generally. Star Trek generally is that with uh, AI and computers and stuff like that, I mean, they use computers all the time. I mean, the ship computer. Never once has the ship computer really tried to kill them unless it's been taken over by some, you know, malevolent force or, you know, some outsider influence. But, you know, they decided, well, we're going to go down the Terminator path. And the whole thing with uh, Control is that it wanted to become sentient by gaining the information they got off the spear you know, this whole, you know, it's been going yeah. around for years, gathering information. Well, we, we guess, we don't know. I mean, it's literally, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, it, it, again, there's no kind of explanation or reason for it. I mean, it's kind of like a, a combination of Vija and the well device from uh, Star Trek Four. But, you know, the, at least with Vija, we understood what it was. And with the the well thing, we're kind of like, well, okay, it's just this, you know, it's there to find out what happened to the wells because it's, guess I guess it came from a well planet or you know whatever, but it was kind of straightforward. With control, it was trying to become sentient. Yet it seemed pretty sentient to me already. I mean, the fact that it wanted stuff, you know. So what what was it that the the computer was going to learn that was going to go well you know i'm going to kill everybody because he was doing a good job of it already i mean we we get the sort of i guess the big I, that was a weird thing they tried to introduce the borg didn't they when yeah. sort of leland got taken over by the uh um the nanobites was that really the borg no well, no but it's no, it's fortunately kind of, it wasn't it wasn't it was but it was it was going theory. that way yeah mm. Yeah, it was a theory. It was a theory that, um, you know, it was the 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 Borg from first contact that had also sort of um, come to surface in an an Enterprise episode and all that sort of thing, and they were going to connect it with that. But for I'm glad they didn't go there personally. But the whole the whole control Leyland thing was almost like a blatant rip off of the Skynet John Connor. Um, thing from from terminator yeah. you know it was yeah. it was very 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 similar um in its design and everything so yeah <laughs> but um but yeah and i mean yeah. the you know in the section 31 thing um yeah it didn't it didn't it didn't even work in terms of it was following enterprise and obviously you know malcolm reed was involved uh in enterprise with some section 31 stuff but again it was totally covert and not um not uh not known like like it was in symbolized and like it was in this but uh you know <laughs> i think it's a, a good point to sort of get into the finale because i i want to say because so michael burnham 
becomes a red angel. Um, she got the plans off her mother's logs or something. I don't know. They they got the designs for it somewhere. And oh, I thought it good. came from Tony Stark because it was very it was very much like the Iron Man suit, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so they had the time crystal, and they were you know, you know, they they're ready to use it, and the the goal was to put discovery in the future to get rid of this information because the uh the information was protecting itself it would not let them destroy it they couldn't they tried to blow up the ship so that control wouldn't get it and i think at this point control was leland and so in the finale um they kill leland so control's gone you know so they didn't need to go into the future Oh. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I I agree. I mean that 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 did feel like a sort of gaping plot hole of which there you know are quite a lot in this um in this show. But you you know, impressive as the last episode was, and as the battles etc were, mm. um, it did trying to actually make sense of it. I mean, bearing in mind it's time it's timey wimey anyway, but trying to make sense of <laughs> of because I must admit when Giorgio finally sort of defeats control stroke Leyland and she, you know, magnetizes him in the spore drive um, chamber and whatever. I did sort of think to myself, oh, well, that's it then. They've defeated it. They don't need to go into the future. But I, but I guess the reason they had to do that was because the sphere data still existed on Discovery. And if obviously, if any of those nanites or any of that nanotechnology did happen to sort of reside there's it only takes sort of one and they could they could exploit that again mm. so that's that was the decision to send them ahead a anyway but yeah I, I have to admit it's a sort of it, it's very convoluted and um yeah it, it's not massively satisfying no but... i i have to ask as well i mean um going so i've jumped forward now i'm going to jump back because hey it's time travel um <laughs> we're doing it but on the, the podcast too so yeah the episode where they encountered the um oh the um, probe the probe thank you you know the probe they send into the uh time vortex thing which you know was never had to sort of deal with again um you know it came back as this sort of squad squid monster straight out of the matrix, matrix. <laughs> oh yes yeah <laughs> I, I still don't understand what the deal was with that. So did that come from the future or was there something inside the probe that activated, that control activated to turn it into this killer squid? Because that made no fucking sense. No, it made no sense. It was yeah. something from the future was reaching back to try to, uh, you know, do something. And then what you discover out is that the something in the future is control and it's reaching back to make control sentient. Which then puts you into that time loop where, how would it have happened? Yeah, I feel like this is much like the uh, the script meetings. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this thing comes from the the future and it tries to do something, and then and then Michael does something. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. It didn't make sense. Yeah, I, I I think when it comes to the scripts, I think the storyline was literally. Um, I've 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 heard this you know phrase before where you know when you talk about a story and you go and 
and this happens and then this happens and then this happens and 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 that how it feels like it's gone along because they've never stopped to say why it's happening or where it's happening it's just and 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 now i don't know if that end point is what they had in mind um you know it was you know their their way of like you know retconning everything that had happened in the first series to say well look fans this is these are the reasons why you never saw a spore drive or this great technology or those shiny suits <laughs> you know uh. yeah yeah i agree with that yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean that you know this this is this is the thing we were saying earlier about you know the fact that I can't fault the the you know production values and acting and all this sort of thing. I mean that the, the one area that that I would fault, which is the most important area, as we all know, of filmmakers with anything, is is the writing, is the storytelling, because um, a lot of this you know did have a feeling like it was being made up as it went along. Um, there were massive plot holes and poor explanations for stuff. And I think, you know, part of the problem with that is is y- y- Alex Kurtzman took over this show and the show had already been sort of established by Brian Fuller and whatever before his departure and then the people who followed on from him. Mm-hmm. And what, what they wanted to do, you know, they, they wanted to do a lot of this course correcting to... Um, please the fans and they were listening to some of the criticism that they had from from you know the previous season and all this sort of thing and and as we know there's all that sort of bloody legal stuff as well around this in terms of how different it has to be and all that sort of stuff and what they ended up doing was they they ripped themselves off in many respects because there is so much of this that that Kurtzman had already done with the um with the star trek you know the bad robot movies um but also you know there were things that sadly you know some things were done very well and then others weren't done so good and and um you know definitely this last episode um yes there was a hell of a lot of spectacle going on on screen i mean we had a space battle here that um that that that, that even sort of shrunk the Dominion War stuff from uh, Deep Space Nine, which, you know, to that point had been the sort of biggest space battle scene on a, you know, TV show and whatever. And, um, you, you know, it was all very impressive. But then when all those other, when he said, oh, Giorgio, count again, and all those other ships kind of like, you know, broke off from the section 31 the mm. drone ships yeah suddenly that looked like the swarm thing from star trek beyond i mean it was kind of like almost the same you know as as that so yeah you know it, as i said my feelings are mixed because there's so many things i i enjoyed about this but at the same time yeah if you stop and think about it too much it's it's also very easy to criticize you know as as we've been doing here <laughs> so well I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing the finale to season two to the finale of Next Generation, which also involved time travel. Mm. And the thing about the Next Generation episode is that the concepts and the ideas in there stick with me. The space battles, not so much. 
And I think that's the same with Discovery. It's, yeah, it's great eye candy, but there's no stakes. And, you know, it's a lot of stuff on screen that you can't really make out. And then, you know, it's like, well, our shields are nearly failing. And then, boom, here comes some ships and here comes the Klingons. And you're just like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we knew that was going to happen because how are they going to get out of it? Yet, when I think of the next generation, I always think about Picard coming up with the theory about what came first, the chicken or the egg. You know, the the whole idea of this uh, anomaly that starts in the future and works its way back in time to affect the history of Earth to the point that humans never appear. I, I still think about this today. Am I going to mm. think about Discovery next week? No. Yeah, no, I mean, All Good Things um, was, was, a, was a really was a really well-written episode and whatever and, and a great finale for, for, for Next Gen. Um, Hell, but... even the episode of um, with the, the two-parter with the Borg when Picard gets captured, mm. I still think about that than I do yeah. this, this finale. The problem, I, I, some, I mean, I don't know if this is right. I mean, I, I sometimes think about how with, with Star Trek Discovery when they were first thinking about the show. Mm. I'm get, I mean, Star Trek, as we know, is a very tricky beast. I think I feel like when they initially thought of Discovery is that what they really wanted was not just Star Trek fans. No. What they wanted was a broader audience. We want this to appeal to everybody. And so they made all these judgments and suddenly they realized, oh, you know what? It's only Star Trek fans watching it. <laughs> and they're all pissed off. So we now need to fix it. And yeah. I feel like they wrote themselves into a corner by trying to be too broad when what they should have done in the first place is just say, this is Star Trek for Star Trek fans. Yeah. Because that's what Star Trek is. It's very hard to broaden it out. Yeah, but I mean, because this show's obviously because this show's so expensive, and Netflix and CBS and all that that you know, that that they they, I mean, this isn't made for, you know, first through fourth generation Star Trek fans at all. I mean, this 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 is essentially, I think, aimed at the generation that they were trying to capture with the with with the reboot movies and. Um, you know, which is much, which is much more glossy action spectacle, um, you, you know, uh, fantasy almost um, a- adventure stuff. Whereas, uh, you, you know, this, bearing in mind, I mean, th- th- this is all being made by our generation. You know, the creatives behind this. So it, 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 it's they're trying to get that that balance between some fan service because you know they're they're star trek fans themselves many of the writers on this um so you do get you like you did you got it was almost like the greatest hits of 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 star trek fan service in that last episode but at the same time you know they're trying to make battles that that you know are the biggest thing you've seen on 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 television and uh you know, aiming it at the the audience that goes see Marvel movies, you know, at the cinema, and and that that that's the thing, isn't it? It's it, it's a really difficult um, balancing act, and I think a lot of Star Trek people, you know, sort of miss those those more thought provoking episodes, which you know, back in the day, you had like twenty six episodes per season, 
And they were, as Simon's already said, very episodic with a few story arcs and character arcs. But, you know, you've got to focus on stuff. Whereas this, we've got 14 episodes where people want to see the money on screen and they want it to be exciting and they want people to come back, you know, those subscribers now it's a subscription service they want to keep those subscriptions going so people do tune in every week for it so and i mean from my point of view it was successful at that because it did make me want to keep watching it so you, you know as i said my feelings are somewhat torn i can see where the problems are but at the same time um you know i'm not going to lie and say i don't enjoy this stuff because i do well like yeah i mean i enjoy spending time with with this crew but um, they, there's a lot of ironing out. And, and that's why I'd like to see Discovery 3 in the future, because a lot of those problems could be ironed out. But is it is it too late? Well, no, apparently the third season has been green lit and it is going to be, you know, 950 years in the future with the with with the, you know, the crew of Discovery, you know, those characters that that they've developed over the last couple of seasons and the ship and and you know the look and everything of that but 950 years in the future which is still 700 years ahead of the Picard you know era season that we're going to also get and and they do say I mean whether or not this is true but I can kind of see what they're doing because you know Brian Fuller wanted to set that show 10 years before Kirk, Spock and the Enterprise, as they originally, you know, said it, they wanted to set it in that period. And now, you know, this has jumped ahead of any Star Trek that we've seen in anything. I mean, even in Enterprise, Daniels came from the 31st century. And I think the, the, the time ships or whatever in Voyager were from like the 29th or something. But, you know, this is going to be in the 33rd century. So this is way ahead of anything. And, you know, as these guys are now in the future and redacted from Star Trek history, they can pretty much go where they want with it. And, and you know, this is the opportunity now for those characters that we've seen and don't know very well to, to suddenly get familiar with you know so hopefully they'll do that yeah no i i really hope they do i mean i'm i just wonder if do you do you think it's too late for the fans is, I, I think is what i'm i'm kind of getting at because obviously you know we've discussed today a lot of you know have people switched off already to the idea of it yeah well you know i'll say that um one i think star trek fans are are hard to switch off um but i will say that i've you know i uh, in the U.S., I have to pay CBS directly to be able to watch this. Uh, it does not get to piggyback off my already existing Netflix account. Mm. And to be honest, nothing else that CBS offers on its app is of any interest, right? <laughs> or isn't available somewhere else. Um, and so I've already canceled my subscription, uh, but... I am going to renew it again when season three comes along, but I'm just not interested in paying the five bucks a month or seven bucks a month um, for the, you know, 10 months out of the year when they're not airing Star Trek. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this is the thing, isn't it? This is the problem. Um, you know, the model, you know, clearly this show is, is very expensive and the model, um, 
is for people to to subscribe to this service and tune in and um you know they 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 do have to make it broad you know to get those subscribers because you know even though there are millions of of star trek fans in the world you know that love star trek you, you know that's that's still a small percentage of the audience that they need to reach in order to keep you know being able to afford to do this so it is kind of it is business versus art always and mm -hmm. um you, you know i i just i just wish that the uh you, you know the writing um and the development bearing in mind they do get a whole year uh between these seasons that we're getting you you, you know hopefully now they've removed themselves from from the canon continuity um and they've put themselves far enough not to clash with the other series you know the picard series that's that's in development at the moment um you, you know hopefully we can get back to keeping the spectacle and the visual effects and everything in perspective but at the same time really getting into some interesting um you know star trek stories and themes and characters and and develop those out and flesh them out hopefully yeah i mean maybe you know be good to have an episode maybe michael goes on a holiday to risa and has an adventure there <laughs> yes. yeah, just an episode that's away from the spaceships and and all the rest of it would be quite nice yeah no yeah. absolutely i mean this the the cbs model is kind of like something that a lot of the other studios are looking at. I mean, we're getting Disney Plus later this year. And yes. They're, what they're doing at the moment is they're slowly taking their content off other, um, uh, like Netflix and Amazon Prime, and they're only available for this Disney Plus app. And then, and also they're, they're creating new content uh, like The Mandalorian and various other Star Wars projects that they want to put on there. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> Disney Plus is something I think a lot of people will go for because, you know, they literally low own everything now. <laughs> All our favorite genre series, you know, they, they own and I, I know way things are going. They'll probably own Star Trek soon. <laughs> yeah i know i know they're they're definitely uh looking to take over the uh the planet as it were but um the the, the thing is yes disney have have launched that and um mm. you know star trek on cbs is 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 literally going to be competing with star wars on disney because obviously you know like you said they've got the mandalorian they've got various animated shows they're going to do a cassian endor show which um is him and k2o before the events of rogue one which is going to be like a kind of espionage spy star wars show and obviously they've talked about a section 31 star trek show which is going to be sort of a you, you know espionage shows and an animated star trek series so again mm. you, you you know they they are literally competing you know on similar platforms in a similar you know a similar demographic and yeah, um, but my, my point being is that cbs only has star trek i don't know what else they've got on on the the app yeah honest to god it's like nothing Oh, Disney have got all of Fox's back catalogue as well as um, yeah. as well as their own huge back catalogue. If you want to stream a Disney film, 
from when this app launches, that's the only way. Yeah. You know, you won't be able to do it for anything else. And you just, you've seen them slowly pull their, the catalogs off these other sites. That's why the Marvel stuff is coming off of Netflix. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, uh, about this show in the future, you know, this, this Star Trek in the future, one of those short treks, uh, which actually was probably the most interesting one, it was called Calypso. And that had... Um, an abandoned discovery uh, in a, in a in a nebula, and it said at the time that it was like a thousand years in the future. Now I don't know whether that's a thousand years in the future from where they've jumped from, or a thousand years ahead of that. But in that, the the discovery is completely abandoned, and there is an AI um, on board the discovery, a sentient um, computer on discovery um so i don't know whether wherever they're going to go with season three four whatever is going to eventually lead to sort of explaining that but um but that was definitely something they set up in one of those um uh trek shorts i don't know keith i mean the thing is as we've seen in series two is that they're very happy to just drop things true yes the the whole you know where the spores come from or where they exist. Never gone back to again. It doesn't play a part in the finale at all. I mean, I f- that was the thing. When Leland went into Spore Drive, I thought they were going to, you know, maybe transport him somewhere or, you know, use the spores on him instead of, you know, magnetising the floor. Because that was, okay, that was, the, that was the thing that really, again, sort of thinking about it's like, well, if they knew, they knew that through Spock, you know, destroying that other... AI why not just set a trap I mean Michael Burnham had seen the future knew he was going to board them set a trap you know have one section on the bridge when he steps on it just hit the the magnets and well, hey he's gone no this whole oh we're surprised to see you and let's have a running battle throughout the whole ship I mean, I, I do want to say, you, you know, I, I, I think I'm getting the impression that we're, we all agree on one thing, that um, uh, apart from a very impressive visual effects space battle, the, the finale from a, from a story and character point of view was, was somewhat un- underwhelming. And that, that's kind of a, a, a shame to sort of finish on that because... Um, I remember when, uh, you know, a couple of episodes earlier when um, Burnham's uh, mother appears and, you know, Burnham was going to essentially sacrifice, well, not sacrifice herself, but die um, for for a time on the asteroid until they could capture the angel. And, um, you you know, uh, Spock was, was... you, you know there and he was saying no logically we 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 need to we need to wait we can't um uh you, you know revive her just yet and all of this sort of thing and obviously Giorgio had a brilliant sort of it was great to see Michelle Yeoh doing um some of her fighting skills you, you, you know on and all that I remember you know that episode just being uh really exciting really engaging and then with burnham you know losing the oxygen and all this i was 
you know, because I really liked that character, I was I was actually quite moved. And I remember texting Ryan afterwards going, oh, my God, that episode was awesome. Did you see that? And all this. So so, you know, you know, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're now talking about how we feel kind of at the end of the whole season. And, and yes, there's there's a lot of criticism there and we've still got some to go. But, um, <laughs> you, you, you know, I do want to say we, we didn't obviously do a, a, a podcast throughout the season of this. But, you know, some of these episodes that they've had this season have been really, really good. Um, moving, emotional uh exciting star trek episodes so i i do want to say that because it does feel like we're really ragging on this at the moment you raise no you raise a really good point actually i mean because i mean there were beautiful episodes i i really loved the the episode with saru and you know we were thought we thought we were we were losing saru yes and and that was a wonderful episode um, and, and perhaps there should have been more of that, but I completely agree with you. Looking at it as a whole, it's very easy to, to pick holes. But yeah, like I, th- I think there, there has been some lovely little moments in there. Yeah, but I mean, it's a shame that I mean, again, I mean, a lot of the original Star Trek stuff, you know, those episodes help propel characters and stuff, and they just seem to in this, you know. They didn't seem to matter. They didn't seem to to aid the story. They're just these sort of like, um, I guess, diamonds in the rough. Yeah. And there's a lot of rough in this. I mean, we're we're ragging on it for good reason because they've spent all this money on it, all this money, all, the the amount of man hours just to do that the battle, the finale, you know. Yeah, hundreds of people in cubicles on computers, but yet they couldn't seem to get a a, a writing team who could come up with a, an overall storyline that was that made sense, that was engaging, and didn't make you feel at the end of it going, "Well, what was the point?" Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree entirely with that. What you're saying there. I mean, one one of the things that um uh from a from a character point of view in this um is, is that there there doesn't seem to be any consequence for anything and yeah. I, I aim that at the ash tyler character actually because in 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 the last season you know he w- he was obviously like you know the klingon sleeper agent type thing there with the voke um thing but he killed the doctor yeah, he killed the the ship's doctor, um, Colber, and um, you know he he killed Stamets' partner basically, and of course, obviously, we get him back this season, and he's you know he's gone into the future with them, you know um, Colber has now, so you know he's he's resurrected as it were, but Ash Tyler then became like a sort of ally with them, and it's like you think to yourself, well only a few months ago you killed <laughs> you know you killed that character and that seems to have been completely forgotten about there doesn't seem to be any real consequence with it well and I d- there I do was there was that. that one scene where they had the fight in the um in the food area um you know true true but th- but then yeah off you know they they seem to work out their differences by punching each other <laughs> you know yeah 
still raise a good point. Like, you know, he was this—he was this sleeper agent. So like, I know. Let's put him in section thirty-one, so he knows all the secrets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not only not not only that he he's uh, put into section thirty-one. He now runs it. He is now in charge of it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, but but Pete Pete, I, I I you're being you're being quiet there. I mean, I know you love Star Trek, Pete. So come on, there 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 must have been. There must have been things in this that that worked for you, even though there's a lot that didn't. Uh, I was really hoping I wouldn't have to be nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I still enjoyed the characters, uh, and maybe that's why I got angry towards the end. Is that I still think that you know uh, Burnham is a great character. Um, and uh tilly is a great character pike was a great character um all of the bridge crew whose names we don't know you know they're still interesting (laughs) and um and so the they do have you know you said it uh sorry simon you said it right there uh they're diamonds in there but the writing staff the production staff is not taking the time to let them uh, get unearthed and polished and, and shown in their best light. Um, You know, they take these great characters and then uh, just make them run through stupid stuff for 15 minutes. That's supposed to be, you know, climactic at the end. Um, You know, what I think was, was broaching on interesting this, uh, this season was, was, the there was there was maybe two minutes of of show where uh Stamets and um shit what's the guy's name um Colber Colber uh have to deal with Ash Tyler being back um and and I thought that was going to go somewhere great uh but it didn't um the you know what I will say is I did really like the Klingon stuff. I thought that um, the Ash Tyler uh, and Vogue stuff and the the rise of Chancellor Lorel uh, was done pretty well. Uh, but then again, there wasn't I felt like a great payoff. the The payoff of of their abandoned son turning into an adult two months later. Was non-existent. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. What was the point of that? Like, I I don't know. I don't know what we gained from that. Nothing. Nothing at all. And it's just having yeah. the character is like, well, we kind of familiar with that. You We're just, familiar with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You could just have been the keeper of the crystals. Yeah. It, you know, there could have been. Uh, they, they could have done a thousand things with that. Mm. Uh, but they didn't. They they just sort of toss it off, and the horror of of Pike seeing what he turns into, right? Like, did that really? Did did we sit with that in some of the ways that you sit with, you know, um, the the struggles that Picard goes through with the Borg, or that Archer goes through as as he you know compromises his morals? I guess to some extent you could say that Janeway went through as well. Although that's also one of my complaints about Voyager is that I don't think they gave those 
those moments they're due. Uh, and, and instead they just, uh, they sort of went, you, you get the idea, right here. This is what we did. You get it. Now, yeah. now look at this thing blow up, you know, for, for, um, comparison, we, we've been talking an hour and a half and, uh, we just don't care about the Admiral who died. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to bring her and, up. We, yeah. We, yeah, we, we're we're going to get, we're definitely going to get there to the, the ending, but yeah. Um, but, but like, why, yeah. why should we? Why should we? Yeah, but I mean, the thing was, she she was at she was in the the, the finale of the last season as well. She sort of literally she just turns up, you know, for for this, and then yeah, when she died, it was like, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, on the on the Pike thing, um, you know, I agree totally with what Simon says about how the actual technology makes no sense because, you know, you had the character of Arium where they were able to take her consciousness and put it into a like a robotic body. So you got robot lady, as you put it, and um, and, and, and all this. But 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 um, but 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 with the Pike thing, because um, I did watch this is how this is how sad I, my life is. But I, I did watch the uh, the Menagerie two part um, TOS season that, that obviously, you know, takes place like, um, you know, you know, 13 years after this or whatever. And um you, you you know in terms of fan service they definitely they you know they totally got the look of um Anson Mount's uh pike in a wheelchair you know they they got all of that sort of thing spot on and it was really nice that they showed the what they mentioned in that episode about the um you know him rescuing the cadets from the um from 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 the warpo reactor yeah. overload yeah, yeah. Uh, that was all done really well although although one thing i thought was weird was um you, you know they had yet another load of uniforms and i was like it was like <laughs> pike's uniform was almost like the uniforms that kirk and spot wear at the beginning of into darkness you know it was like yet another yeah. uniform but um but but y- y- you know i i loved all of that stuff but um uh yeah i mean maybe maybe we should maybe we should talk about the the finale then unless ryan have you got anything because i know you enjoyed the series for the most part have you got any other sort of highlight bits that you want to talk about oh wow um i I feel like i've gone too far down the uh negative rabbit hole uh (laughs) to, to to bring myself back um no, I mean, I think what what Keith, I mean, mostly you and I have have, have kind of talked about. I, I I do enjoy spending time with the characters, um, whatever sort of going on, and I I do like the the links to uh, the original series. Um, I I just like watching it, and it, and and that's that sounds a little bit lame, but it, it I do enjoy just just watching it every week. I think, I mean, Pete hinted at this or said this earlier. I think the problem is, is that it, you just don't need a disaster every episode. Um, and so I think some of the episodes would have been nicer. Like, I would have liked more episodes like Saru's. I would have liked a lot more of that because that was a massive highlight for me and um, just getting to know some of those characters a bit better. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm ready to delve into the final, the finale. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, I, th- I think that Saru episode really did, you know, tap into, you know, 
what what Star Trek used to be about, you know, and the sort of um, you, you know messing with messing with the Prime Directive or General Order One or whatever they're calling it in this, and um, you, you know whether or not they should uh, interfere with with an evolving species and all this sort of thing. I thought that was really interesting, and I you know I remember when I saw that episode, I was like you know afterwards that was a fantastic character episode and you know that they really delved into Saru and I care about Saru and you you know I I thought that really worked so you you know that there was definitely good in there but you know the the season finale well yeah what we're getting to yeah I mean the thing the things with next I just want to say that the things with next generation that I kind of like is that it's it's really a, a kind of a soap opera set in space in the you know, it, it didn't matter that they were in space. The stories were still very human. Um, whereas Discovery is just a little bit too, you're in space. This is all going to be about space. And it, it doesn't go into the sort of psychology of any of the characters um, and in any depth. And that's a, that's a shame. Mm. Yeah. No, no scientific accuracy, but yes. <laughs> no, because no, that wouldn't it? Like, you stay yeah. for the script on Next Generation, it used to just say... Um, I think it was LeVar Burton said this. The the, the script would just say sci- would just say science babble. They'd be in it'd be say science babble, techno yeah. babble in brackets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then yeah. someone actually thought the rest of it through, um, which is which is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I mean the thing is with sci-fi, yeah, you can you can get away with stuff. You can you know you can have. Um, See, my dyslexia is kicking in. I want, I know what I want to say. I just can't say the damn words. But um, I just, I, I don't know. This, I mean, okay, we're getting into the finale. Well, mm. one of the things, it's just the weirdest thing. So they had to protect Michael Byrne and she had to get, f- uh, you know, f- a far enough away that she could start, you know, making this um, time vortex so that Discovery could fly through it. And yet, uh, so this battle's raging on, and yet they have, she has time to, uh, you know, talk to Spock, and Spock, you know, you know, talks back to her about, I guess, feelings, I guess. Mm. I'm not quite sure, I can't remember, I mean, I only watched this a couple of days ago, and the conversation they were having was kind of like, you know, it, it was that weird thing where, you know, there's urgent things happening, and yet they have time to sort of, you know, talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like, wait a minute, guys, you should have done this earlier when we were building up to it, not why it's actually happening. But um, yeah, it's just, but then nobody, the, the drones and everything were not attacking them and they didn't seem to be a defense perimeter around them and they seemed so vulnerable, yet you just felt like, but nothing's going to happen. I mean, the shuttle got hit, so we knew Spock couldn't get onto Discovery to go with his sister. Yeah, don't don't get me started on <laughs> on their relationship. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I I really, I kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people think it's uh, quite cheesy that um, that Burnham essentially is the one that sort of told him to find someone you know, not like him and, and reach out to them. So in other words, setting up the uh, 
the relationship between him and Kirk, uh, you know, when he when it when they get there. But at the same time, I, I have to admit, I, I, I thought that that was all quite nicely done. If, if, if I'm honest, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that it was a quick breather from all the intent action, even though, you know, I, I appreciate it doesn't make sort of logical sense. But mm. I, I quite enjoyed that moment between them personally. Yeah, but I mean, it, okay, well, I'm going to get into <laughs> <Go>. it. <laughs> you forced my hand. But again, it's this whole thing with Michael Berman is the centre of everything. She's God at the end of the day. I mean, it's literally what they've made this character to be because she knows everything and she is everything and she sets everything else in motion. So Spock's, uh, you know, I guess he, well, I mean, the thing was he was the science officer before, you know, this whole uh, Red Angel thing started to happen. So this sort of decision for him at the end, the sort of, you know, I'm going to be the science officer in, you know, in honour of my sister, who, you know, showed me what it was to be a Vulcan human. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> can we not? I, uh, I, we, we talk about this a lot on, on our podcasts about how uh, we have these sort of strong, independent female characters. And I know it's, it, it, it's this pendulum thing that's happening at the moment mm. where, you know, for a long time, female characters were not that strong or, you know, wasn't that well written and the pendulum swung now that that you gotta have a strong independent female character there was there was definitely some me too stuff going on in this episode particularly because there were a number of scenes where the the women were doing everything and the men were either you know uh yeah well they 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 were like incapacitated in some way you had like um stamets you, you know was was obviously injured on a uh uh, on a bet, uh, and and you know, Pike and Saru were sat down uh, in command chairs, but you had, um, you know, Admiral Cornwall number one, um, y y you know, defusing the, the, the bomb torpedo, which, yeah. which, which I yeah. have to say, the whole bomb defusing thing, or should I say, the resolution to the bomb defusing thing was absolute nonsense. It's like, oh, yeah. this could this could only be closed from the inside. And I know Pike, it's gonna be a photon torpedo that's gonna explode, but you just stand the other side of that glass and watch, you know. It was kind of yeah. ridiculous that was, I must Yeah, admit. it's like I'll I'll come I'll come down, you know, even though this massive battle's going on and I you know, I should really be concentrating on that uh because i've i have got my best people down there <laughs> trying to disarm this and he, yeah he didn't really need to be there but i can i can i just finish my point i was going to say that i think the pendulum will swing back to a more even kill a more even ground that we we just have good characters so. you know uh, yeah. no nobody's perfect nobody knows everything and i mean this is the problem we have with sort of Star Trek and Star Wars at the moment is that we have these strong independent women who, you know, they're, they're perfect. And it is overcompensating for, you know, for, for the past where female characters weren't that involved. I mean, I think the original Star Trek having a black African woman on the bridge was a big, big leap for TV, even though all she did was, you know, you know, message coming in 
captain you know <laughs> her involvement in the stories wasn't that great even though Uhura is a character we all remember and she had her moments and you know she she did go on some of the away missions and stuff but yeah I mean that's not character wise you know um we, we love her but she you know she didn't affect much in the stories. I mean, in the movie, she she was a, a a big bigger player. You know, she she certainly got her due more in the in the films. And and we, you know, Star Trek have been very progressive with female characters, but it's with Discovery, it's the whole where we are now with female characters that they are, you know, they have to be bigger than big. And uh, it, I feel they're gonna they'll get back to it because people are being turned off by it. I mean, even the the demographic that they're going for, um, are you know they just want we all we want to see is good characters, male, female, alien, uh, animals, whatever. You know, we just want uh, a story, a character we can relate to. We want to see them struggle. We want to see them, you know get past the uh, adversity you know if you know everything it's boring it's like michael burnham can't be the only person who has the solution to everything you know because then that just as i say it it makes her like a god character it's like so yeah it's just this is ah, it's it's annoying from that point of view. I mean, the first series was kind of interesting that she instigated the the Klingon war and then was like a prior. You know, she was in in jail and she got you know, she, she was given a, a sort of a pardon to go and be on the Discovery because they they were using this as the uh, tip of the spear, the ship this. Um, experimental ship and because of i guess her knowledge or whatever you know she was brought on and she was slowly being you know getting back and redeeming herself and that was kind of interesting even though her character was slightly annoying (laughs) and godlike Uh, but in this series she has absolutely been you know she's bigger than big and it's a shame because we you know I, you just got to see flaws in the characters, and also the fact that you have all these other people on the bridge, who you know they can pitch in as well with yeah, ideas. Yeah, I mean, we know what you know. We know what rigorous training they have to go through. So they're they're all super intelligent, yeah. every single one of them. So yeah, absolutely. Well, because also we don't have enough. Um, we don't have enough like board meetings. I quite like that about. I like that about Next Generation. I like the fact that they all sat down and went through the morality of certain situations. But in this, they're just sort of like, Michael, what do you think? Yeah, they, they do it. They do it during an action yeah. scene rather than having a, 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 a an observation lounge scene or whatever. But um, but um, uh, I'm conscious of time because I know you've got to be yeah. somewhere, Pete. So we've got about ten minutes. So let, should we? Should we? Um, wrap up the the final episode and uh and our thoughts on that we, we've talked about where we think it's going so should we just talk about what what happened there yeah no no no. i i watched this uh, a couple of days ago too and it is a struggle to figure out what happened right they uh yeah or, yeah. or to right to care um <laughs> they uh they got word from the mother 
right? The mother sent a sign that everything was okay. No, it's that's, that's Michael Burnham sent the signal back to Spock to oh, say everything right. was all right. I, 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 yeah. God. Sorry, the, the the mother was very yeah, yeah. ineffectual. I mean, it, it's a shame because I, I quickly just want to say, you know, that she, uh, the the actress uh, whose name I can't, I don't have access to, but she was from The Wire, and The Wire is the sort of the um, the the show that showed that all these other TV series that you could do an ongoing storyline, but The Wire was just amazing, and uh, Discovery is not. <laughs> oh well, yeah. And that was just a, that was that was just a reminder of you know seeing her again was like oh wow the wire I'd love to go back and watch that again wow we 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 really are I think quite divided on here about because because even though even <laughs> though I think it's flawed I I actually really like this and I love Michael Burnham and yeah but you know I mean the the thing I the thing I had the biggest problem with in this last episode was the wrap up because the whole um briefing scene where they all cover up you know where where discovery's actually gone and spock suggests that um you you, you know that they don't talk about this and and you know it's classified and and removed from history or whatever you know that to me makes really no sense at all because not only you, you know we've we've had all of the things that Discovery has done previously. Okay, I know it was in the Mirror Universe when most of the Klingon War was going on, but it was still involved in the Klingon War. It had a sister ship. It had people that designed and built her, right? It had, even though it's only a skeleton crew that's gone forward um, 950 years, they've still got families, right? They've still got... People who used to serve on the ship still have families. So this whole, oh, we'll keep it secret and not mention it again, right? Just to, to sort of tie up why uh, Spock had never mentioned Michael Burnham, that Discovery had never been mentioned, that the Spore Drive, the Mirror Universe, and all of these sort of things had never been mentioned before is senseless because Spock never mentioned Cybok. And he never even mentioned that his father yep. was the um, Am Vulcan ambassador until he was actually on board the ship ready to meet the captain in the original series. So, you know, this this writing explanation to try and deal with all this stuff really, in my opinion, is the worst thing of all of it because it doesn't hold any water at all. Is it just me who thinks this or do you guys agree? I totally agree. You can't you can't say that uh, you know you, everyone has to keep something a secret when when Cybok is never even mentioned, right? Uh, e even though you're flashing back to a time when theoretically Cybok would be heavily in the picture, right? Like yeah, yeah. It's, but, I, yeah. but I mean, I mean, you know, the, the the fact that this is the reason that they don't mention time travel. You know, we've got this temporal prime directive and there's th this is the reason that you know the spore drive technology is no longer mentioned and all this i mean it just it just seems weak and it seems a shame to actually write discovery completely out of the history and like like you said simon make this whole two seasons pointless um i, I just don't yeah. think from a storytelling point of view that that was a particularly strong 
way to do it. It wasn't the most imaginative way they could have done this. I mean, what do you think, Ryan? Also, how do they say that the Klingon War was actually started if it wasn't? Oh no, I mean, I suppose I'm I'm getting myself confused, but I'm I'm kind of thinking that, like Robot Lady, for example. How do they say she died? Well, that's the thing. That's all of that is now mute. I mean, it's literally it's it's it's, it's taken out the history books. So, it, it, you know, it's like well, the Klingon War was started by. Yeah. redacted yeah, yeah. <laughs> <all> this, <laughs> you know null and void I, I, it's, it's yeah. null and void but it doesn't make sense because yeah. discovery up until that point had touched so many lives that to think they could just totally erase it from history doesn't make any sense that's the thing it just doesn't make sense it's a bit like is it the film um sphere at, at the end of sphere they they use the powers to forget they've got the powers that's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's a bit like that. It's a bit like, oh no, let's just forget. Okay. Brilliant. Where where does that leave us? Yeah. And yeah, I mean it is a shame to end it there. I don't I don't think they needed to. Well well I mean that they, they, they I mean they they that was that was a bit crap. And oh, by the way, I also um one of the things one of the things I did like was when they did the wormhole thing. Obviously it's the fortieth anniversary of Star Trek the motion picture, and I did like the fact that they used the same wormhole effect when um when they were going through that. I thought that was that was fucking cool. But I mean they do end it I really, really, really did love the the last scene um on the bridge of the Enterprise because um weirdly you know it's it's almost 10 years to to the day it was almost that um obviously jj had done a very similar scene in the first um star trek reboot when uh when when spot comes onto the bridge oh well, actually when kirk comes onto the bridge and in his uniform for the first time and all this um and they they did a sort of very similar thing here and i have to say i mean i i thought the the bridge design um you know obviously jj had sort of kept the layout the same but they'd sort of gone with this sort of apple store white and silver looking bridge and whatever but i but i love i i yeah i love the fact that with this they they've gone with the sort of um uh shiny gray and an orangey red and sort of you know made it look like kirk's bridge but updated you know i i thought that kind of worked really nicely you know the designs are wonderful yeah absolutely although i prefer the uniforms in the jj films to the uniforms in this but uh you know yeah i was thinking that like i i really like i love the discovery uniforms i'm just gonna say and i'd be a bit gutted to like have like be wearing that really nice uniform and then go right you're on the enterprise oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, which color am i oh yellow oh you know, I'd be a bit... Yeah, it, it was certainly a case of the generations yeah, yeah. where uh, on that film you had all the different um, uh, uniforms. I mean, you actually had the DS9 uniforms and the original uh, Next Generation ones. And then, of course, when First Contact came along, they, they ditched them for the uh, the grey yeah. shoulder yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I don't know what it is. There's something about, even though they've, you know, they've obviously got the, the, the red yellow and blue and all that correct but i i don't know what it is it's nitpicky but they're they're a bit too tailored and the delta looks like it's slightly in the wrong place and whatever i thought the the jj films did the uniforms slightly better but this definitely did the bridge 
and the the enterprise itself better i think no, I, I don't think william shatner would be able to get away with this new uniform no that that's that's very true very true <laughs> yeah. yeah i think yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i also liked what the composer <laughs> jeff russo did which essentially is what jacchino did and the star trek movie as well is where they um they take the theme and then yeah. they mix it with the uh original alexander courage um theme music I, I i thought that that was a nice way to end the show and i would actually love to see a um captain pike series with him number one and spock on the on the enterprise but uh i don't know whether we're going to get that but you know I'd, I'd rather that than them try and reintroduce a new kirk again you know yeah see, yeah. I, I see that i don't want to see that i mean also i felt it was slightly weird that we didn't get a um like continuation something to set up the next series you know like in the end of series one we had the enterprise yeah. turn up and then you know so to set in events what happens in series two so we we didn't get a, a glimpse of uh discovery in the future so i think yeah. that was a shame i would have actually kind of like to see something you know i know we got the red signal to say they they arrived yeah. safely how the fuck do they get the red signal to go back in time? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what is it with these bloody signals? How do they work? Not Why do they work? Down node. <laughs> we but, should never uh, know. Yeah. How did all of the signals yeah. appear at the same time at first and then one by one? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, I do need to jump off. Uh, thank you guys for having me back on. Please don't let me stop this conversation. I'm going to enjoy listening to it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right. Thank you, Pete. Well, thank you, Pete. See you soon. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess um, I feel kind of bad continuing yeah. it without Pete. Maybe we should uh, wrap it up. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we, I feel like we almost got to a place where we were kind of like happy with the ending there, and then we we all just we all just went off again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, this this is the problem. It's them trying to wrap this all up in the in a neat bow is it's you just it's it's it, there's too many problems with it. it it is literally like as you say the end of spear where you know it's like well let's forget you know but they're having to talk about a whole galaxy because okay so inside the federation they can't talk about this but what mm. about the klingons you know what about well, all exactly. the other alien races exactly. that's, that's why <laughs> you know? that's why that isn't satisfying i mean that it's really weird they gave one yeah. scene that wasn't satisfying at all which was that briefing scene and and you know i was there thinking oh but yeah. that's why have they done that that doesn't make any sense and oh no you know and then of course they have you know the shaved spock turning up on the uh, on the bridge of the enterprise and and that totally <laughs> yeah. delivered for me in yeah. the same way as i said it did 10 years ago when I when I was watching it at the IMAX mm. with, with with JJ's film and I you know it gave me goosebumps I love that um, yeah though even though the the reason he was you know being the science officer on the bridge was to honour Michael Burnham it was, I felt that was a little weird because you know he yeah was I was going to say he was the officer, science officer in the cage which takes yeah. place four years before this yeah. or whatever so I think I would have been happier if at the end of this instead of this ridiculous will just not say anything about it. I think I would have been happier if Q turned up and just, and just you know, <laughs> just made everything disappear to do a discovery. 
You see that that would have actually been better, I think. Yes. You turning up and be like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> he, he could have done a Thanos snap and it all goes away, right? You know, yeah, literally. It's away, yeah. But, um, yeah. No, it, it's it's uh, it, it did leave me with mixed feelings, but overall, I really really enjoyed this, and and I, you know, obviously I'm. We've got to wait a whole year, but hopefully we'll have a Picard series, you know, in the meantime. Because they say that'll be before the end of this year, don't they? That's right, they do, yeah. So that's, I, I've got to say, I'm I'm so excited to see that first set shot of, uh, I, I just want to see him on set. That's it. And I'll be so excited. Yeah, I know. I, it's, oh, it's this weird thing where I'm, I'm interested in seeing what, they, what they're going to do with it, but the problem is they can't do the old Picard because, and, I, and when I say old Picard, I mean the Picard from Next Generation because because of the CBS Viacom split, everything has mm. to be different. So that, that, that's a real problem. That's a real problem continuity wise because it's like, well, what. You know what? What are they going to do with the character then? If he cannot be the Picard from Next Generation, then what? What Picard can he? Do? Yeah, I mean, it will help that you know? sort of twenty more than twenty years have passed, so a lot could have happened to, you know, the character in that time, I guess. But you're right; it it is a problem. It is a problem. Um, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the thing. He he was suffering from a that kind thing, of dementia, right. wasn't he? In in yeah uh, yeah all good things. So I but the I get the feeling that they're, no. they no. Well, I mean, inter- interestingly, timeline. I mean, I, I've 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 heard I've heard I've heard rumors about what the storyline is. I don't know if you guys have heard any rumors about it, but. Um, I'm not very excited from what I've oh, heard okay. for for rumor wise. Mm, okay, well, you know, yeah. you know what rumors are like, so don't listen. But true, yes, but I mean, the the thing is, though, a lot of these rumors about discovery turn to be true, or the predictions we even made turned out mm. to be true. So, oh yes, I was right about the spore, yeah, wasn't it's... I? Yes, yeah, the random spore. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, but you, but yeah. You were right about Michael Burnham. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say that the, her being the Red Angel was was very obvious, even though they threw a curveball with uh, yes. with her mother. I, lie, I found it quite a boring curveball. Yes. Again, it was just to, to try and throw us yeah. off, the audience off. But it just didn't make any sense because... Um, so her plan was to go back in time to stop control. And she said, I've gone back many times, many times, many times. I've seen you die so many times, all this stuff. And But the only person I could get through to was Spock. But in the series, we only saw her uh, version of the Red Angel only a couple of times. The other times, it was mm. Michael Burnham. And it was just like, you know, it, I was like, oh, well, that's just a waste yeah. of that character. Yeah. They did let, la- they did labor that 
point yeah. quite a bit as well with the sort of flashback stuff in the um, in the finale, mm. which uh, y- 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 you know I just thought maybe they laboured that a bit too much, but um... well, they had to show it. I mean, it's yeah, and that I must admit that bit when you slow showed the her appearances of the rain red angel it was fine. I mean, it's you need it there so that everybody can kind of understand what's going on. I mean, if she just sort of disappeared and then come back and be like, I've done it, <laughs> it would have been, <laughs> yeah. I think, not very satisfying. I, I mean, that moment at the, you know, it kind of, the thought, you know, it was slightly, um, when she first time travelled, was was a bit like um, Interstellar and 2001. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. You know, yeah, just just a little bit. It was just a little bit of of that because hey, we got getting we got to get back to the action because <laughs> you know that's that is what the a lot of these shows is about. Uh, episodes are about. Sorry, I'm not trying to clump the the discovery in with other shows, but it is as you say, it's a very expensive show. They've spent a lot of money and. You know, a lot of it is to do with yeah. these space battles. I, I really, I really do, though. I wish, kind but, of, yeah. um, you know, obviously in hindsight now, but I, I wish that we'd um, done some other uh, reactions to some of the episodes uh, along the journey, because, um, y- y- you know, because the because the finale wasn't one hundred percent satisfying and was over- underwhelming. Um, yeah. I do feel like we've we've rightly so given it quite a hard time, but at the same time, there was a yeah. hell of a lot of this show that I absolutely loved, and I couldn't wait. I mean, every week I just couldn't wait to the next episode um, to carry on watching it. So it's in my book, it was doing something right, even though there are things that frustrate me about it it's the same exactly the same as the first season i feel exactly the same you know i i think they're they're very good at that kind of you want to know more they're very good at that 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 that's one one thing they're very good at is like oh i wonder what's going to happen next that's true that's oh i want to see what the next episode is because i mean i did when I, I watched them all back to back, it was like, oh, okay, well, where's this going? Where's this going? Where's this going? But then most of the time, like, I was so questioning, you know, why why suddenly do we have this, you know, AI who wants to destroy everything when, you know, ships, computers and, you know, robots and everything, no matter how far into the future they are, <laughs> you know, they've, they've always wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, I guess not so destructive. I mean, even it's that thing with you know. Okay, they they obviously went well. We like the Borg, you know. They're 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 a big bad, but the Borg had this point of view was that they were chasing perfection. They felt that perfection was being this one unit, and that they they spread across the universe, infecting other, you know, um, cultures, is because they wanted to. Uh, ingest those cultures and make them part the whole and yet with ai it was just like well i want to become sentient so i can blow things up yeah ai is never happy is it (laughs) no yeah (laughs) 
No, I mean, okay, I mean, they, they, they're going down the Terminator route and with the Terminator films, they, you know, you never know the reasons why Skynet decides to destroy humanity. You know, it becomes sentient and it goes, oh, I don't like these yeah. humans, I'm going to blow them up. <laughs> you know, um, I think there was a line in the in the film, one of the films wasn't there, that they tried to turn it off. They tried to, to, you know, it became sentient and they tried to, to yeah. turn the switch, try to, to, to turn the computer off and it just protected itself. This AI, this control, we, we never have a sense of it really, do we? We, we never have this idea of, well, you know, it, it already feels sentient and it also feels like, you know, it can, it can destroy, you know, the galaxy anyway. So why... Does it need this information about AI? Yeah, it's a trope. I mean, this is kind of, you know, happened in the Matrix and everything. But I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, even in the Matrix, it was kind of like, you know, again, with the the AI and the, the Matrix, they were their own creatures and humanity tried to destroy them by blacking out the sky. And then when their power source the sun went away they they just found another power source which was human beings and they came up with the matrix as a form of control that makes sense that's a a, a reason for existing for that to be there there is no reason why this ai wants to become sentient and then leads to the destruction of the galaxy yeah no it's it, it, it no you're you're right i mean it's it's yeah. it's uh the whole thing's problematic um and the thing is as well is i know it's they 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 they, they want it to be fast paced and there's still you take time to 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 you know for us to understand where this villain's coming from yeah well i mean i interestingly i think i think it, it just shows you you know how the show has been for people because um you know, on, on this on this episode, uh, obviously Pete's Pete's off the line now. But you know, I kind of feel like Pete mm. Pete didn't particularly like it. Uh, you sound like you didn't particularly like it, Simon. But on the other hand, even though myself and mm. Ryan, well, I'm speaking for Ryan here, he might disagree with me. But he, but he, but he, <laughs> even even though we see the flaws in it, I I, I think that we both kind of yeah. enjoyed it. If, am I right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I I. I can't say I didn't enjoy it. Um, it's, it's that thing, though, isn't it? Like when if you already know you're not enjoying something, a lot of little things start leaping out and become bigger things, don't they? Whereas yeah, if yeah. you're sort of enjoying it and it's entertaining you, you don't you you sort of tend to just let them lie, don't you? So uh, it's you know it's interesting to hear all of the all of the issues with it because it's it, again I think they're all valid points but yeah I, I'm I'm on the same page in that I, I found it enjoyable I really did um, and, and I'm I'm very excited uh, about where it goes next yeah well I mean I, I've, I've spoken this before about the when it came from with the next generation Star Trek uh, series that it always seemed to be that they didn't find their way until mm. series three and that's when the, the the shows really sort of kicked into gear and started, um, you know, bringing everything that they had done before into fruition. And it's usually the point when those series really got good. 
I mean, point in like Deep Space Nine where season three was the beginning of the Dominion War and it gave the show a bit more focus. But um, the thing is, though, up to the first two series, we got to know the characters and, you know, there were some really interesting episodes in that. And with Discovery, it's kind of like that there hasn't, you know, apart from like Saru, Pike, Michael Burnham, uh, Robot Lady, uh, development wise, the characters, it hasn't been that much there. So, you know, when it comes to series three, you know, you don't have that foundation that the other Star Trek series had for series three. So it's kind of worrying that, that it won't really find its stride that way. So I don't know. I mean, I shall probably watch it when series freeze just to see what the future looks like <laughs> the future future um and I, i'll probably watch the whole thing because they're very good at that sort of um what jj abrams calls mystery box so you know it, give, it asks a lot of questions and you you want to find out what the answers are and that's kind of like what why i sort of watched it was to sort of find out well where is this going what's going to happen you know and ultimately the 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 sort of the the answer at the end was kind of disappointing mm. that's why I, i'm ragging on it is the fact that it it promised all this and then when it turned up it was just like um you know it's like um it's like you know uh being promised that you'll get a uh brand new computer for christmas and then on Christmas morning, you go down and it's like a 10 year old computer that, you know, your your dad found in the garage or something like that. It's, it's really fucking disappointing. And that's what the series of, Dis- of Discovery has been like. It, you know, it, it had this build up and you was like interested in where it was going. It was kind of promising some stuff. And then ultimately it didn't deliver yeah i mean i I, th- I think the um i think the real crime of the ending was the fact that they did try and uh fit it into the canon continuity by by yes. you know erasing it redacting it whatever but but just but just yeah. making it yeah. classified <laughs> is it isn't isn't a good enough reason <laughs> yeah. there would have been a better way you know? well yeah i mean the end of the day they got exactly. time travel time travel they could have just gone back in time and, and you know yeah <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah never mind but never mind. no they but, yeah uh... yeah yeah well i mean as, as i say well fingers crossed you know that the the third series might be might be good i mean it's uh be interesting to see what the future future is going to be Indeed. like riddled with a angry ai i reckon yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, and I, and mm. the other the other thing is, I mean, I know people who didn't like this and said they almost threw stuff at the screen and whatever. But 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 also <laughs> but also, <laughs> yes. you, you know, the, the the previous Star Trek shows also didn't live in a time when uh, absolutely everything was under the microscope like it is today. And the thing is, you get because because of you know toxic fandom and what I whatever out there when people point out these things like when not not necessarily the plot holes but things like the 
the the the Mary Sue or the Me Too aspects or whatever. It, it is that sort of thing that once you've once you've seen them, you can't unsee them. You know, once they've been pointed out to you, they become yeah. much more obvious than than necessarily you know it comes across initially. Yeah, I mean the I mean the whole Michael Burnham thing, and I've I you know I've spoken a lot about the whole her being a Mary Sue and everything. Because the problem is that there are no other characters who have an opinion, you know, it's or an idea. You know, that, that going back to what Ryan said about, you know, next generation, it's like, uh, you know, Klingons on the starboard bow, let's conquer. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, there, there, there aren't any other voices when it comes to solving these problems. And, it's just this. I don't know. It's the the writing. It, it all comes back. The most important the thing of all. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's like no matter what your special effects are like, and your sets, and your costumes, and the everything, the music, they could be brilliant, but the writing's crap. The writing is crap, and unfortunately, the writing in this has been kind of lacking. I mean, the fact that there is. There's no David Feige, you know, overseeing this. There is uh, that it seems to be. There doesn't seem this one brain who's like making all the decisions. It's is as you say, it's kind of like making it up as they go along, and taking things from you know previous Star Trek, and just throwing them in there, because hey, that looks cool, or or, this is what we think the fans want. I think part of the problem back to the initial development of the series was that um, obviously, uh, and we don't know exactly what the plans were, but from what we can tell, mm. Brian Fuller and Nicholas Mayer, they had the idea to do this sort of anthology series where you you know you'd have one series set in one era of star trek and then it would move and talk you know show something else but obviously the practicalities of that you know they 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 built sets they'd done created costumes props um visual effects models etc and also they'd cast people in probably contracts that would last multiple seasons and whatever so it just from from a business and an economics point of view it didn't really fit the creativity that they wanted um so they've had to you know mm-hmm. and, and and alex kurtzman who obviously doesn't have necessarily the best track record with some stuff in recent years but at the, at the, at the same time <laughs> yeah. you know to give him credit where it's due um you know, he is trying to respond to obviously what CBS want from this, um, but also what the fans want, and uh, you, you know, taking the, the the show in a different direction from previous showrunners. So, you, you, you know, um, I I think I think season three will be the real test because, as I said, they've we we really are in undiscovered territory with with season three and um you know you know that could be quite exciting it is an opportunity and they've got a year to develop this you know there, there's an opportunity there we've got the ship we've got the cast we've got the you know the the sets we've 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 got all of that stuff in place and now is the the, the time where they could maybe do something quite compelling with what that 
33rd century holds and um hopefully you know hopefully they won't mess it up (laughs) but even pete said he's going to subscribe next year uh to cbs all access and you said you'll watch it simon so you 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 know even the doubters even the doubters there's a glimmer glimmer of hope right (laughs) well this thing I, i mean you say glimmer of hope i mean i'm just going to see I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm gonna go and see a train wreck <laughs> because it's like, well, they they've kind of updated the past of Star Trek, so you know, this Discovery's a prequel to uh, Kirk and Spock, though not a prequel to um, the Cage, which I was actually uh, taken aback by. Really, I actually thought this oh, was no, this all is happening four, before four the years after the Cage. Four, four this after the Cage, yeah. So yeah, when they when when we had the previously on Star Trek, at the beginning of that episode, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I, oh, all right. I thought they, I thought this hadn't yeah. happened yet. Which but. kind of which kind of works because when you think about it, the the even though they're you know it's a visual reboot, they're reimagined and stuff for television now. But when you look at the the costume design and the bridge design and ship design, it is actually. Kirk's era that they've de- that they've designed not not the not like it was in the cage. My point being is that the 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 actual design of everything they've done for for Discovery so far was so futuristic that they could have just said it originally in the you know nine hundred years and it would have been fine. I don't think we have had the the problems we've had with it because of the continuity because of them saying well this is the prime. Uh, timeline and this is set before Kirk and Spock and it's just like well you know this all uh, as we found out that they went back <laughs> you know technologically wise oh, big time. yeah you know that's been one of the problems time. yeah, yeah. They, it's like going yeah yeah and it's just like well you should have just said it in the future I mean this we we would have accepted that the Klingons now look bald and you know different because it was the future they could have you know it, it so the the future from the point they're jumping from i, I don't but it's just they're going to be spending a lot of money i think they are <laughs> over that or or the fact that they they're probably going to jump into a universe that has no yeah. technology it's either going to go one way or the other it's going to be i don't know uh fifth element kind of universe or it's going to be you know um I don't know. Try and think what kind of other film or oh, the the yeah. village universe. Well, who, who, <laughs> throw throw oh back to a previous yeah, no, episode. No, but I mean, who who knows? Who knows what it might be like a thousand years in the future? So you know, it it, it could be. And that's the problem, isn't it? That that is the problem that they've written themselves into now. So, what is Discovery going to be? Is Discovery going to be a sh- technological ship that turns up? in a future that has no technology or is it a ship that is so behind everything that it's out of out of place with the rest of well, the galaxy that's what we're going to have to wait and see and uh, i i th- i think i think actually it's quite <laughs> it's quite an exciting prospect actually that we don't know where this is going because we're not trying to fill a gap in stuff that's already been established which is what really the problem with this show was mm. you know we'll have to wait and see but 
it the the problem is they they need to sort out their writing they they just need to have a set plan and stick to it and i know that series two and series one as well went for a whole load of rewrites so whatever the original plan was that they had set out with was like thrown out the window hence why it doesn't make much sense Indeed. Well, not, Ryan, yeah. have you got? I mean, you're our guest here. Have you got any 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 further <laughs> thoughts or anything you want to say? Ryan's final thoughts. Um, no, I'm I'm I remain very excited about a third season, and I, and I think there there is a problem in that they're now going to have to like really think about technologies and designing it, and there's going to be a lot of a lot more pre-production in this one, I think, but. Um, I, I think that it's been it's been very interesting to hear the different views um, on on a show that at, at the end is 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 based on something we all love, um, and it's it's very it's a very difficult relationship, isn't it? Like uh, Star Trek, it's it's a very yeah. it's a very difficult one. But do, do you know what what I love about Star Trek is that even though we can disagree, it will never be like the Star Wars fandom at the moment. Oh, let's, 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 that is definitely a whole other podcast, definitely, but, you know, yes, that yes. That is definitely a whole other yeah, podcast, yeah, oh, whole yes. series of podcasts. We can, at least we can hell. talk Star Trek coming at it from different sides and, and still get on, and that's, that, that is something to take from this, I think. Indeed. Ryan, I want to ask you, actually, one last thing about Star Trek is, because um, obviously Simon and I have talked about this, What what is your, out of stuff all the star trek there's been if you had to if you had to pick a favorite which i know is very hard to do but what 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 is it for you what what series yeah yeah of all the different iterations of star trek over the years it's absolutely uh next generation okay you said that with no hesitation so cool hands down it absolutely is i I think you know and and also i mean you've got the fact that it did last for as long as it lasted and that, that was for a good reason i think um it it just i'm absorbed in it it's my it was my go-to show i've i've probably watched every episode a few times um sometimes i just have it on in the background or i'm doing other things it's just i don't know what it was i just really enjoyed that world and um which is why i'm excited about picard but also a little bit troubled by it with uh with all the legal wranglings but yeah next generation was was something that some of my favorite tv let alone star trek but i've enjoyed every uh um every version to be honest um i liked enterprise a lot more than i thought i was going to because i'm never if, if i'm honest a discovery troubled me because i was never a fan of going backwards um and so discovery did trouble me and uh, for all the reasons we've discussed, I think. Um, but it's I'm I'm always intrigued by every new series and what they do with it. And it's it's always fun. Star Trek is always fun, whatever they do, whether it works or not. Um, they always they always find a way at the end to fix it, even if sometimes it might be a little bit quick. Simon, any any final thoughts from you? I mean, I've heard this sort of been spoken about star wars and i kind of think of this about star trek now as well is that um you know star wars is the the girlfriend i used to have and we're kind of now parting you know always and it's um this is in reference to sort of episode nine where it's kind of like well just do this one last thing for me and then that's it we're we'll be separated and it does kind of feel like that with discovery that they are 
trying to go for the newer fans and they're separating from the old fans and it's kind of like look you got your own star trek you know and this star trek is not for you this is for new people who don't care about things like story or logic or plots or characters we just want you know big explosions and things whizzing around and you know we just want excitement and adventure and you know every second and i don't know i mean it's i i feel like they're not gonna get the the loyal fan base that the original trek got because you know the think of it i mean star trek is been going this long because of its fans i mean it got the original series was cancelled after the first series and it was uh syndication and the fans brought it back we would never have had the movies we would never have had next generation or the other sort of series after that and so um discovery the makers of discovery or the executives at cbs are kind of thumbing their noses at us and it's it's a shame because you know we're we're its biggest fans you know we will support this stuff and i i think if they can carry on this way star trek is gonna die because if the the, the original fans aren't going to support it and they're not really getting new people involved in it you know the fans following it then they're not going to see a reason to make it anymore so it's kind of worrying it is kind of worrying they need to you know sort their house out really and uh, these these sort of legal wranglings that have put them in this position they need to sort out because it's it's getting ridiculous it's like well star trek is this one universe you can't have these different you know entities trying to be the same thing it just doesn't work and I think that's the problems they've been having with the Picard mm-hmm. series. I mean, there's been a whole load of troubles being reported about the making of that. So it's it's kind of worrying. It's kind of worrying. I mean, Discovery is uh, exciting to watch at the time, but when you think about it afterwards, it's just, you know, it's it's weird. Star Trek used to be a feast, and now it feels like a McDonald's Happy Meal. Oh, dear. Okay, an expensive Happy Meal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though I think everything you said is valid, um, I still remain optimistic. Uh, you know, Star Trek has been an important part of, of my entire life, you know, and it's it's horrible, you know, to think that we're, 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 we're getting older, you know, all these iterations of Star Trek. But, you know, it's really important. And I must admit, I'd absolutely love to be creatively involved in Star Trek, you know, but that's that's doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon so as a as a fan um you you know i am Mm -hmm. keen to see more and i just hope that they really really focus on you know good stories good characters and you know interesting uh reflections on uh mankind and if 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 they can achieve that and they can set it in all different time periods with all sorts of new characters and whatever. I'm excited for it. I mean, the the idea of a, um, you know, a Section 31 sort of covert show, that sort of takes 
two of my favorite things star trek and and like mission impossible and sort of blend them together man i'd love to be in that show <laughs> you know so um yeah you know you know let's 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 i want to i, I want to stay optimistic about it and 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 hope that it's going to deliver yeah and i don't see i don't see any reason why not i i i would like you i would like to see much more thoughtful episodes I mean, they could they could start every episode with a message from Pike because he can just leave messages for her every day, and then sometime in the future she can watch them all back. Um, it would just be sort of quite nice to sort of that's how they can have the original characters in it by them sort of mentoring mentoring her from from the past. As long as he's not a hologram, because he hates those. <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll probably be letters <laughs> love it but yeah i'd like a lot more thought a lot more emotion i think well we'll have to wait and see what the future brings the the the, the 950 years in yeah. the future yes there you go cool all right well um it's customary uh on these um podcasts ryan to give our guests the opportunity to um, plug any work or, uh, you, you know, find where people can get hold of you if, if, if they wish to. So have you got anything you want to um, leave us with? No, not really, apart from the fact that um, not only do I love sci-fi, but I uh, I love horror. Horror was my gateway into into films. Um, and you can read my uh, you can read my thoughts on new and old horror films by visiting Horror DNA, and uh, you can search me by name, uh, Ryan Holloway, and you'll see uh, a whole bunch of my reviews. And please read and uh, and share your thoughts with me. And uh, Keith, where can people find out more about your work? Well, uh, if you go to YouTube and put in British Isles, that's E Y L E S, as in my last name, there are some um, short. Uh, thriller type films that i've uh, made there that you can watch and um you can obviously get in touch via the podcast and as always you can find my work at independentrunnings.com and uh here's an interesting fact for you guys um it was it's been 15 years since i made my short film goodbye wow wow I got yeah. This is pointed out to me uh, by the star and writer of the short uh, Ashvin, and uh, I must admit, I was like, that took me by surprise. I think it's been that long since uh, since we made that film, but uh, you can uh, check that out on the the website. There's a if you go there, there's a, a link to the the short on YouTube as well as many other short films that I've made and trailers and music videos and stuff there. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Just search uh, Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. Well, it just leaves me to to thank uh, our guests for coming on. So thank you, Ryan, and, uh, and thank you, Pete. I know you can't... Uh, reply but uh it's always a it's always a pleasure to have you on talking trek so uh we'll hopefully have you back on soon to talk more it was an absolute pleasure thank you so much guys i've really enjoyed it yes and uh you can uh, join us uh, and please listen to the next episode of movie heaven movie hell live long and prosper yes but don't lose the beard